Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 43 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto, where we finally meet the Toad Mountain Sage. Yeah, and we get to drink his uh, Toad Mountain Sage beer. Toad Mountain Sage beer. For when you want something that tastes like toads, and you also want a beer. Ribbit. (laughs) 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 Okay, everybody. (laughs) So we are back. Uh, uh, Again, if you haven't heard our our quick announcement, um, our uh, sound wizard, Rashad, has had his first child, so we have... Uh, big ups for him, and we're yeah. we're proud of you, man. Uh, I think uh, I put it out there. I put the meme that I put out for it was like, "Congrats on your child and never sleeping again." <laughs> yeah, it's like in Five Hundred Days of Summer when he's like having the breakdown at the end of the movie, and he's like, "How about honest cards? Like, congrats on having a new baby. I guess that's it for hanging out." <laughs> oh God. <laughs> But actually, congrats. So it's pretty awesome. Jury is still out on whether or not the baby has inherited his wizardry. So I'm not sure if it's hereditary. I assume. I assume that the baby has. Anyways. Yeah. Um, So uh, other things that are happening inside of the world of anime and also comics. We talked before about um, Infinity War was coming out. It's a big deal inside of our movie watching universe. Um, we had like a, I don't know, like a 20 or 30 minute conversation about it before we started this episode. Yeah. So we could kind of just get it out of the way a little bit. Um, cause I don't want to like kinda wanted talk to... about it extensively on the air. Cause especially if you haven't seen it, like it's probably really hard at this point to avoid spoilers, but if you haven't seen it and you're trying to avoid spoilers, like I don't want to be the person that ruins that for you. Yeah, for real. But, um, the, the big things that I wanted to go over, um, uh, that, that affect, um, me more personally inside of the anime universe, um, is that I have, uh, to my better judgment, not listened to, um, I watched the rest of Black Clover. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I mean, it's so bad, man. What? I, uh, you knew I had that you weren't going to like it. So I had to finish, and I was like... Wait, oh, how man, many episodes just, is it? Uh, too many. I can't remember. I, I think I watched, like, the whole first season, and it's it's just it's garbage. Like 20 or and so. then, And then to, like, cleanse my palate, I was like, okay, I, I really want to know what happens inside of the Dragon Ball Z Super Universe. And so I watched no. that, too, and I was like, oh, this is also terrible. So then I had a moment where I was like, okay, I really, really want to watch a good anime. And I looked around, and and audience, did you know that on one of the streaming services, they have, in, uh, it's like created in the abyss or whatever? Made in it's abyss. It's streaming now. Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's awesome. I yeah. watched, I like started it up again it's because I was so watching good. it on a... Uh, a um, not-so-reputable source before, and I decided to stop doing that. Um, and then I saw it on Amazon, and I was like, oh, shit! And so I'm yeah. like five or six episodes in right now. Yeah, that's about how I far I'm how... as well. It's so good. Because like, I remember we yeah. both talked about this on our year-end special, and I don't think at that point either of us had seen it, or maybe you had watched a handful of episodes, and I had mm-hmm. watched the Super Eyepatch Wolf video about why it's good. And yeah. it is excellent. And it's like... It's super imaginative and exciting and the characters are charming and it also has this sense of like underlying dread the whole time and it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, have you been watching like the drama that's been happening with Super Eyepatch Wolf getting his fucking videos taken down? What? No. um, Yeah. They keep on fucking like dinging him on YouTube for like copyright infringement stuff. No, but he's the best. Yeah, it's really frustrating because I was like, "Oh, I'll wait to watch. I'll watch. Wait to watch this Dragon Ball Z thing." And then it got pulled down. And then he was like, "It's back up." And I went and go look. At, I went to go look at it again, and it got pulled down already. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Number one, who is bitching about this? Like, I don't know. I feel like we get to a point inside of like all of these different shows and 
uh, like, especially anime, where it's just like, people do not buy DVDs anymore. People do not spend money on, like, fucking renting an anime show on online anymore. So you can either just fucking show it to us and we're gonna, like, buy your other products, you know? Or... We can watch it on a streaming surface, but if we can't find it in either one of those places, and you start just pulling it down online, then I'm just not going to watch your show. Yeah, you know, I I only partially agree with you there, because um, I know, like, I my fiancé and I, we still buy plenty of DVDs, um, definitely not enough to keep the industry afloat, but, like, you know, I, I know that there are people out there who like purchasing the things to own at home, even when they're on streaming services, there are people that really like to have it on hand. Um, and that's cool. So, I mean, there are definitely people out there like that, but to that point, I mean, this is something that I've not been in this conversation for a while, but I remember many years ago when like I first discovered torrenting and got really into it for a little while, like I would read a lot about how the industry really hated it and wanted it to stop But if you look, like, studies have shown that people that torrent something are dramatically more likely to then go and purchase that thing than people who don't. Like, torrenting is basically our version of going to Blockbuster and renting a movie. Like, we're just going to torrent it. And then if we like it, we'll go buy it because those are people who appreciate that media. Or in in this modern era, you'll go support it on a streaming service or, you know, you'll become a fan and buy ancillary products. And that's fucking, that's the whole fucking model, uh, that, um, uh, Full Frontal with Samantha B goes through. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched that, like, watched that show, and it's the same thing with Last Week Tonight. Yeah. Um, they, they've decided that they're just like, look, I would rather people hear about me and watch about it. So, Full Frontal, the day after, it is completely on YouTube. The entire show is on YouTube. Yeah. Like, and then, um, uh, last week tonight, he always puts his full segment on. So, like, whatever he's covering in the longest of the week, he, he covers that. By the way, have you seen the thing, the chlamydia thing yet? Yeah. <laughs> he does in his last episode. Yes. I laughed so hard I wanted to throw up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the point is, like, I mean, if you're somebody if you who's seen concerned it. about this, um, there's a lot of really good research and evidence and even, anecdotal sort of intuition i guess that will will tell you that people who are seeking something out are are interested in it and so making it easier for them to find is a good thing um and we have this kind of like warped perception particularly here in america where like a really fucked up version of capitalism rules our society so it's like it's really hard for these things to be discovered or be accessed unless you they have some way to monetize it you know and there's not always going to be but sometimes the way to monetize it is to put something like made in abyss on amazon and you can watch it there and that's great and then if somebody like super eyepatch wolf you know makes a really kick-ass video about made in abyss like i had never heard of it before i watched his video and because of that i watched it i probably would not have given it a second glance if it hadn't been for that so like i think in this instance i'm actually a pretty direct anecdotal evidence of like this is good for this industry and it's one thing if you're making a um something that detracts from the original but like even on our podcast where we talk about the actual plot of the episodes like it is less likely to make you disinterested in the episodes and more likely to make you interested in going to watch them or to rewatch them to be like, Oh, I forgot that. I'd like to see that for myself. Cause that's how people work. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe like not one of my, these episodes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. One of my, one of my all time favorite things that's happened since we started the show, um, was I found out, uh, that somebody I had met instead of Portland. I was like, yeah, I do this podcast. It's about anime. Um, and then I, I told them like what we were covering. And one of the things was Hunter X Hunter. And he was like, oh, I've seen that uh, a couple of times, uh, around when I'm looking for like good anime to watch. And I just haven't gotten around to it. And I was like, well, just listen to a couple of these episodes that we, we cover on it and see if you think you might be interested in it. 
And he said he listened to the first two, and then he was like, and then I just started watching the show, and I got way ahead of y'all. And I, mean, I was like, look, that's what we want you to do. Like, the the joke about the show is really true. We really love anime. We watch a lot of it for this, and I watch it just outside of this as well. So, like, if you're watching it, that's the, you know, the end goal. But, I mean, like, what we're doing could technically be seen as, like, you know, complete spoilers for these people that are like, you need to buy my DVD if you want to watch the entire thing because we're yeah. putting it out for free. But if you're listening to this and then you go and buy the thing, that's just good fucking advertising. Yeah, <laughs> which... You know, I, I mean, I don't want to get too in the weeds and make this sound like we're trying to bank shot just defend ourselves and what we're doing here, because that's not, I think, what the conversation is about. But, you know, using ourselves as a case study here, it's like this, you know, this is what fandom is about. You know, I I don't know. I like fan fiction. And it's the same kind of ex- extension of that where, like, sometimes creators don't like it and sometimes creators and companies are worried about it because they feel like it detracts from it. But actually, it's people that are so excited that they want to talk about it more and go over it in different ways. And mm-hmm. they find themselves, you know, exploring it creatively in that end or creatively in making videos. And, you know, it's it's only going to be to the betterment of the source material. Yeah. Anyways, um, with that being said, uh, we have detracted a lot of time uh, from... Uh... From uh, these weeks, uh, this week's episodes of Naruto, I'm sorry, we're we're probably gonna blitz through these, which is why we took a a pretty long mosey to get to these episodes. Yeah, these are There's so. This is not really filler, like, but it's yeah. <laughs> non filler filler. Like where yeah. we are in Naruto, so I'm gonna. I guess I'll do the recap, and I'm gonna talk more broadly about the series. So, yep. What you need to know, we are at the end of something called the tuning exam and the tuning exam. It's a pretty standard tournament arc, but uh, for Naruto, it's being split into two parts because the first part, there were too many competitors. So they needed to whittle it down so that they could go into the second part. We are on today's episode. We're technically still in the first part, but that's only going to be for like the first two minutes of the first episode we're covering today. Um, And the rest of these episodes are going to be part one of two of the middle ground in between part one and two of the tuning exam. That was confusing. So basically this exam is taking place. We're now going to have a, I think it's like a month long break or something before the next part of the exam. Um, And that's in universe time in our time. It's going to take us two episodes to cover that. And these episodes are a little content light. Um, These episodes, but particularly the ones we'll cover the next time we get back to Naruto are going to start to introduce concepts that become important later on and that are more interesting and cool. Unfortunately, the episodes that we have today are a little bit more like housekeeping, getting us out of where we were and into where we're going and uh, exposition. And then Tom, Tom fucking foolery. That's what we've got today. Housekeeping. Um, oh my god! So how, how have we made that fucking Chris Farley joke like twice in the past two episodes? Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> proud of us. So, uh, so we've got um, Naruto. What are we doing? Fifty one through fifty four today. Yep. So uh, we're going to start off with a couple of characters that I'm not going to say right now, but most important previously on we have Naruto. He's our titular character. He's our main character. He is a sort of loud, brash, obnoxious kid who has a lot of energy but not a lot of talent. And he is learning to become a ninja in a world that is full of ninja societies. And uh, the tuning exam they've been participating in is so that you can basically graduate, sort of, more or less, um, to a higher and more respected level of ninja and start to do more professional things. Um, Naruto's teacher is Kakashi. He will show up briefly in an important scene to pass the buck onto somebody else. Kakashi is not going to be teaching Naruto during this section of the story because he's going to be teaching Naruto's classmate, who we're not going to see at all um, in these mm. episodes. You uh, see him for a second. I guess. Um, and 
uh, he's been his name's Sasuke. He's been injured, so he's off being injured. Kakashi's concerned because of a villain named Orochimaru, who is a mysterious, creepy figure from the uh, sort of watching these things from the shadows and has some sort of nefarious goal and has given something called a curse mark to Sasuke, which has caused him to get injured. Uh, Kakashi is watching over him basically to protect him and to teach him to be stronger so he can eventually protect himself. We're not going to find any of that out this time. We're just going to find out that Kakashi's not going to teach Naruto. Um, uh, We're going to have a side character I'm not going to introduce right now. And then that's pretty much it. I mean, it's just characters that show up briefly and then side characters that we can introduce as we do. So um, all but one of the tuning exams preliminary round... uh, battles have happened what's up blake's phone everyone is fucking up hey are you still there <laughs> i am okay i you just started being like he's gone while i was setting up the next episode so i don't know how that's <laughs> gonna sound on the recording because we're both talking as though everything <laughs> well i'm talking as though everything is fine and you're like something's horribly wrong <laughs> Whatever. Oh my god, the new John Mulaney fucking special. Oh, I've only watched Netflix. part of it. Oh my god, when he's like, he's like, people nowadays, they're just like, oh, they're, they're not on the phone? Oh, well, I guess they're gone. But in the olden days, when somebody was disappeared off the phone, they were dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I just recently watched um, New in Town and his other one with my fiance. And ever since I've watched those, I just cannot stop thinking like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) By the way, everybody, Blake and I are nerds on a lot of things, not just anime. We're, We're also theater nerds and comedy nerds and television nerds and movie nerds and comic book nerds. Yeah, we're just general nerds. Yeah, yeah. So we like, might not be a specific, the, like, whittled-down nerd fandom, but we're probably in a larger sense involved. Yeah, and uh, John Mulaney is one of my fucking favorite comics of all time. He's and so good. To marry together two of my favorite fucking things on the planet, which is really good comedy and also really good theater, there is a special called Oh Hello. Um, it makes me laugh every single time I watch it. I laughed at it so fucking hard earlier today when I was listening to it in the car by myself. Oh my god. You should definitely go out and 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 watch Oh Hello. It's very funny. I'm going to uh, eventually watch it, but I haven't yet. Yeah, Nick Carroll and John Mulaney are the two people that are are doing it and they play um two terrible old men um that have written a play. Um it is it's very, very funny. They have a special guest of Steve Martin on it, so, like, if you like Comedy Legend, you should definitely check it out. It's it's super funny. Oh, man. Anyways, let's get back oh, to Naruto. Uh, these terrible okay. episodes of Naruto. Yeah, okay. Don't, so, like, I don't want to shit on it too much. Like, Naruto as a series, I think I don't like it as much as I used to, and I don't like it as much as I remembered liking it before, like, when we decided to cover it for this show way back when we were starting and it was deciding time for episode two. But like, I still like Naruto in general. And even if sometimes it's just with nostalgia goggles, like I, I think it's a good series and I think that it has a lot of flaws, but it in the grand scheme of the series as a whole holds up. So I think our problem is really that we're like picking it apart in a more granular way. And it's, we're seeing so many of the flaws in the storytelling yeah. that are not there when you watch it the first time or when you're watching it in larger chunks or as a part of a larger whole. So, so I we this... don't, like, hate it, but it, it can be kind of fr- frustrating and bring out our frustrations on these episodes. So, like, sorry to anybody out there that's getting, like, wounded that we're talking shit about Naruto. These episodes are not good, though. Yeah, so we are going to start with episode 51, uh, Shadow of Darkness, Danger of Prose Sasuke. Um, so the first oh, thing that happens is... the exclamation is, point there. The first mm. thing that we that happens is Choji is going to fight against uh, Dosu. Um, I totally the, forgot the that only, we hadn't already resolved that. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's really dumb. Choji gets very annoyed by Eno. Eno is a complete bitch to Choji at all times. Um, and really Choji, to everyone... Uh, 
Yeah, real. Ino's not very nice. Um, and the, and Choji, to be fair, is just a complete. Uh, he's an asshole too. Um, but anyways, Choji makes himself into a ball so that he can't hear anything because it's like fat. Because Dosu has sound powers, and so yeah. like he's and, covered up his ears so he can't hear Dosu's sound powers. So now he's invulnerable. Except yeah, so he's Dosu like has the power of science. At, yeah. So Dosu instead just punches him and then uses sound inside of Choji's body. Choji gets like knocked out. Then we're at the end of the fucking exam. It's a, it's a terrible fight. It, it, the punch works because the human body is made up predominantly of water and water conducts sound. It, it's a cool idea thrown into an otherwise throwaway fight. Like honestly, it is so tacked on at the end that it almost feels like the author literally forgot about it. I don't think that you meant to say conducts, by the way. I think you said you you should have said reverberates. So no, conducts works like electricity conducts and con, you know conducts mean like um, I mean no is, way that sound is it's not a sound conductor. Well, uh, yeah, it is. It's conductor. Like a train conductor is called that because <laughs> he makes the train go through uh, from one place to another you have, you have to be wrong here are I'm you just like digging a hole right. i know science <laughs> we hang out sometimes so oh whatever the ch- okay. shooting so exam i, I want to deviate over. one more time oh okay <laughs> okay so earlier today we made I it through one long... bullet point so far we're like 25 minutes in yeah, but to be fair, there is literally one more bullet point to this episode that actually matters, and that's about it. Um, so I was talking th- earlier today um, with a couple of my coworkers, and they were going like, "We were, the internet was down for like 20 minutes earlier today, and um, which means that we can't work. That's um, so, so long for a company that does websites. <laughs> Yeah, anyways. So, um uh it's it's just like what happens when your internet provider inside of your building is not very good. Um <laughs> is that sometimes they're just like we're going to turn off the internet for a while. Um, Hope your anyways. entire business isn't built on this. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um so we were talking about like weird scientific theories and like what's going on inside of like uh you know idiots that believe in flat earther theories and things of that nature. And then I got, uh, I was talking to, um, one of the guys about volcanoes and we were talking about how like, um, Mount Vesuvius, um, that was like covered in pomp, covered Pompeii and like so much ash and like molten magma that it like it, you know, it covered the tops of buildings and stuff. Uh That mountain and the mountain right next to it used to be one mountain but the explosion was so strong that it like um, that it it blew basically the two mountains in two, right? Okay. And then he told me about something because uh, I was talking about volcanoes, and then he was like, "Oh, that's cool. I learned that apparently the meteor that crashed into the Earth and killed all the dinosaurs, R.I.P. dinosaurs, um, apparently kicked up so much stuff into the atmosphere." that for, like, years afterwards, it would just rain molten glass on the planet. That's and then fucking he was like, baller as fuck. That is yeah, and then he a was metal like, album. <laughs> Dinosaurs being killed by raining molten glass? Are you kidding me? I'm gonna learn guitar immediately. So, like, as soon as I heard this, I was like, oh my god, Blake is gonna want to know this fact. Yeah, I did. I didn't know that I did, but I did. Yeah, and, like, it's just so insane to think that you just be, like, outside, and then you, like, look up, and there's just, like, a bowl, uh, like, a, like, a ball of magma glass, like, hits you, and then just, like, turns to glass on your body. That just sounds so crazy to me. Well, you know, I mean, that kind of shit might happen when that big mountain off in the, I don't know, Pacific Northwest explodes eventually. I mean, we're yeah, at all points yeah. on the cusp of being completely wiped off the face of the planet. So let's talk about Naruto. Anyways, so <laughs> we're going back to Naruto. Um, the next thing that happens is that uh, Kabuto and Orochimaru are discussing um, what makes Konohana weak. Yeah, um, Kabuto is like a he's like a uh, a little bit older than our main characters, like Naruto. 
Uh, he mm-hmm. was posing as a member of the Leaf Village, but then it was revealed that he was actually a spy for Orochimaru. But then in a little bit, it's going to be revealed that he's actually from the Leaf Village. So he's really just yeah. like a traitor. Yeah, he's really a he's really a Russian nesting doll of obnoxious. Yeah. So, um, so this they plot for a minute, then you kind of find out not that Orochimaru. A, not a lot of content though. Like they yeah. they're plotting in the way that like classic villains who don't trust each other are plotting so they're talking in riddles and maybe lying to each other yeah and then orochimaru is just like by the way i know you want to kill me but if you try to kill me i'll kill you and then like there's this moment where kabuto is like Ugh, i'm scared of you orochimaru and then it's... he goes and he runs off to go try to kill sasuke or do so something it's... to sasuke it's not as bad as that but like I've been reading a lot of Silver Age Marvel and all of the villains are the same and they're just like sort of like evil with a capital E and they are all they all talk in like super ridiculous grandiose expository 1960s dialogue and this like boiling down of this scene just makes them sound like 1960s era Marvel villains in that can never be a compliment um the scene is a lot better than that but boiling it down makes it sound a lot worse so yeah, uh so anyway, great. we find out that the tuning the final round is going to uh, it's going to begin in 1 month. There's um there's one bit of there's one thing that I like about the tuning exam that's really cool and makes it stand out from other exams, which is they so it's done like a single elimination tournament, although there's 9 of them so somebody has an extra fight. And um, so they're each going to be paired up. They're going to fight each other. They're going to keep fighting until there's a single final battle and a a culminating winner. Um, And they're like, oh, wait, so only one of us is going to pass? Like, assuming that the person who wins the entire tournament is the only person who gets to become a tuning. But actually, what it turns out is that these fights are just to show their, their prowess. So, like, how clever are you? How resourceful are you? How, you know, skilled are you? Um, Those kinds of things. And so, basically... They noted that actually it's possible that all of them might pass, even though, you know, in a single elimination tournament, all but one would have lost at least one battle, or that none of them might pass even with somebody beating everybody else, because it's based off of how they display, you know, the sort of qualities that make them worthy to become that next stage in like the ninja hierarchy, rather than just can they beat this person in front of them. And I like that. It makes it a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more interesting. Um, And it also Mm -hmm. takes the pressure off of the characters to win the fights, even though the stakes are high for them to perform well in the fights. Yeah. Um, There's, I I mean, the rest of this episode really is just, the only other thing that I think is really important that happens is that um, uh, Naruto is seeing like what lot got pulled and then Kakashi was just like, uh, that's cool. Uh, instead of listening to what's happening, I'm going to go do something else. Like yeah. he knows something is going on. And then you find out it's that Kabu- uh, Kabuto is like, uh, knocked out all the Anbu guys that are supposed to be protecting Sasuke. And Sasuke is about to be murdered in his bed when he's trying to be healed. And then yeah. there's like a little bit of a fight between Kakashi and, uh, Kabuto. And then Kabuto like, escapes it's not a very good fight um it's um it's just so it has one cool part and one iconic moment in an otherwise a forgettable scene that like it's literally forgettable like it started and i was like oh yeah this does happen um so they they confront one another it's mostly a verbal altercation and then like kabuto he's at the bed with Sasuke Kakashi's across the room. And then like one of the Anbu corpses like gets up and takes off his mask and it's him or some shit. I don't remember. He basically is like, it was like, you know, maybe it was a clone of him at the bed and the real him was posing as one of the dead bodies on the floor. And so Kakashi does something to counteract that. And when he's turned away and distracted, it turns out that it actually was that, but it was a different dead body and Kabuto like leaps out of the window to escape. And that was kind of a cool subterfuge. And then the iconic moment is when he's like falling out of the window and he's like falling facing up towards the window that he's just jumped out of. And he like pulls the Anbu mask away from him. And it's just 
Kabuto like grinning triumphantly back at Kakashi as he falls. And it's like pretty cool, even though it's a little bit forgettable and a little bit unnecessary. Like nothing changes in the characters' lives based on this altercation, except that now we know for sure Kabuto is working for the enemy. Yeah. This this is all to say nothing really important happens in the rest of this episode. No. Um, even the thing that is introduced at the end of this episode where you find out that um, Naruto's going to be trained by Ibisu instead of being trained by Kakashi is just completely reiterated in the next episode. Episode 52. That's true. Ibisu returns. Naruto's toughest training yet. Yeah. And by so... the way, his toughest training yet is bullshit. His toughest training yet so far was almost being fucking murdered on a fucking bridge by a guy with a giant sword not being chased around by this moron yeah this is a real misnomer um so for uh to remind you um abisu is he's like a he's like a professional tutor essentially for ninja students and he is a high-ranking one he's actually apparently supposed to be the best ninja tutor in the village And this would be sort of corroborated by the fact that he's the guy who is usually seen as the tutor of the grandson of the Hokage, which is basically the ninja president. And um, so he has now been contracted to train Naruto. Um, So this is also one of the first episodes I ever watched of Naruto um, when I was in high school and... I started watching it on Cartoon Network in the dub and I was excited to watch it because I also used to subscribe to Shonen Jump when they did we, uh, monthly um, magazines with, you know, three to five chapters of manga in it. And I had gotten into Naruto right about when they have their first altercation with Zabuza and I thought it was the coolest fucking shit I'd ever seen in my life. And then I watched the show, and this was, like, the first or second episode I ever watched, and I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) It's so bad, because essentially, so, here's the episode. Naruto doesn't like Ebisu. He thinks he's a pervert, because when they met the last time at the beginning of the series, Naruto defeated him by using Shadow Clone Jutsu and then Transformation Jutsu to turn himself into a bunch of sexy ladies, which made Ebisu pass out. Um... So, Naruto claims that he's a pervert and that he's unskilled because Naruto beat him, so that means Naruto's already stronger than he is. Ebisu is like, you're full of shit, I can train you, and here's a wager. If you can escape from me, then I will acquiesce to your to your desires and I will not train you. If you can't, then you have to train with me. So they spend the entire episode chasing each other around the city, and it's mostly just a montage with sort of isn't this funny music playing underneath it and it's not and it Mm -hmm. goes on for way too goddamn long um the one thing that i like is that at some point in the episode ebisu acknowledges silently to himself that naruto has grown and is both more mature and more skilled and i like that but that's that's pretty much it until the very, very, very end where they Yeah, walk, at the very, very, they, very, very end. It's time to turn Ibiso, into Jesus. Yeah. So Ibiso is like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to walk on water. You got to use your chakra and you got to use it to walk on this water. Um, there's a you bunch might of remember that dialogue. they walked up some trees earlier. And yeah, so basically the difference is the trees are, are stable, solid objects. So you have to focus your chakra and in like a single location and just maintain it when it's on the water, it's moving all over. So you have to sort of like continually manipulate your chakra, basically eventually subconsciously so that you can stand on the water. Yeah. So it's cool, um, but inconsequential. Yeah. So he's going to try to learn to walk on water. He's not going to be very good at it. Naruto that is. Um, And then he's going to see that Jiraiya there's, there's somebody over there that's like, uh, peeking through this this bathhouse, and he's trying to look at these girls, and you figure out that this guy is named Jiraiya, and they try to stop him, and uh, Ibisu is knocked out by this giant frog that's summoned by Jiraiya. And well, Jiraiya, it happens like, at the beginning the of 53, so we're... They all run together, because... Yeah. Even all of this introduction of Jiraiya is so fucking frustrating. Okay, so we're in episode 53 now, and I gotta talk about this fucking episode. So, long time no see, Jiraiya returns. 
Jiraiya knocks out Ibisu. Then, Jiraiya doesn't want to teach Naruto, and Naruto's like, you knocked out my fucking teacher, just teach me. And yeah, then there's this through the whole transitive property, thing. you are now my teacher. Yeah, there's this whole fucking thing about being perverts. And it is yes. obnoxious. He is chasing Jiraiya down. At every moment, they talk about being perverted. At every single time you see Jiraiya, Jiraiya is always trying to, like, peek inside of somewhere or follow some girls around in a fucking super creepy way. Yeah. Um, and talk about his book, which is about, like, fucking, uh, like, fucking girls, I'm assuming. It's like um, Fifty Shades and- of Grey is the impression that you get, except targeted yeah. at men. Yeah, and then, like, the thing that, like, wins Jiraiya over is when fucking Naruto turns into, like, his sexy jutsu thing, and Jiraiya's like, this is the kind of girl I'm looking for, how did you know? And I was like, this fucking is so creepy! It is really, really creepy. Why is this needed? It's more creepy when you think about the fact that Naruto is, like, a 12-year-old kid, and Jiraiya is, like, I don't know how old he is, but he's... He is drawn with white hair, but also the ninja history is, like, really inconsistent. Like, the dates on things are not very clear, and also it's anime, so hair color is not really an indication of anything. Um, But, yeah, it's really uncomfortable. And, like, honestly, we've talked a lot on this show, a weirdly large amount, actually, about consent and not being a pervert and doing things that don't violate other people sexually. Um, and I I think that this is an unfortunate side effect of what we have chosen to do as a podcast because part of something that's come up when we've talked about this early in the past is that there are some tropes that recur in a lot of Japanese media and fan service is one of them, which is where girl characters are shown with like super large breasts or you'll get close ups on their breasts or their butts or their like panties or whatever. Even if they're like school aged kids, it's like it's animated. So they don't really think about it, I guess. Um, Even the other the other side of that is that a lot of male characters are shown as perverts Or even when they're not shown as perverts, when they are put into an overtly situation, it's often played for laughs with them getting a nosebleed, which is sort of a, in anime, it's almost a universal symbol that somebody is turned on but uncomfortable. And it's just weird. And I know that there's shit like this in American media, and I know that American media, at least parts of it, are in a sort of transitional period where we've got like a lot more focus on not being creepy and a lot more focus on like sexual misconduct in our culture. And I think that that's influencing our media to go in a way that's going to be a lot less awkward and a lot less uncomfortable or a lot less unfortunate or downright creepy when we look back at it. And it's really frustrating watching this episode where like Jiraiya spends the whole thing chasing women and then finally acquiesces to teach Naruto because he can become a sexy woman. And he explicitly says, I will teach you if you always look like this when I'm teaching you. Which, thankfully, is dropped almost instantly. And basically, Naruto's like, no, fuck you, and ends up getting taught by Jiraiya anyway. And Jiraiya finally gets kind of serious at the end of the episode and stops this whole fucking, like creepy old man act the other thing that i don't like about it i'm sorry i'm going on a little bit of a rant here but like the other thing that i don't like about this is that like it's played up like it's funny and it's kind of played up like it's okay because like we're not laughing at jiraiya's expense you know it's not it's always sunny in philadelphia where they get away with saying bad things because they're the joke it it's like family guy where they say bad things and that's the joke and it's uncomfortable and it just isn't good but it's only going to be a minor part of this character's arc so just skip this episode if you're not into that shit it's episode 53 if you can just barrel through you can watch it um mostly it's going to be referenced as an aspect of Jiraiya's character, but it's not going to be a major character going forward. But it really is fucking infuriating that it's come up. And they specifically point out that Jiraiya, Ebisu, and Kakashi all have these sort of perverted tendencies, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really there frustrating. Is, Anyways. There is a portion of the episode where it is played for laughs, and I genuinely appreciate it, which is... 
um, Jiraiya tells Naruto to go out. And basically what Jiraiya is saying to Naruto is, I want you to go find a woman with big breasts. But he's speaking euphemistically, so he starts talking about fruit. And Naruto has a fruit-based misunderstanding and brings him back a watermelon that has ridiculous curves. And it's hilarious, and then they eat the watermelon. And I like that. Um, mm. The only the only I other bit of information... I don't care. <laughs> so, really, the important part of this episode, you can skip almost the entirety of it. Like, basically, 52 and 53 can be summed up in Naruto's not going to be trained by Kakashi. Eventually, he's going to meet and be trained by Jiraiya. What we learn about Jiraiya at the end of this episode is that he is something called a Sanin, which is a... And a title that is also given to Orochimaru. So Jiraiya is bad news bears potentially as far as skill goes. Um, although he's clearly not evil like Jiraiya or like Orochimaru is. Um, and the other thing is Jiraiya knows that Naruto has the fox sealed inside of him and can tell that Naruto has like wildly um, potent chakra but that he has trouble controlling it. And the trouble controlling it is manifesting in his inability to walk on water right now. So Jiraiya looks at the seal on Naruto's stomach and then basically breaks part of it so that Naruto has better control over the fox demon chakra inside of him. And suddenly Naruto is immediately able to walk on water and control his chakra much, much better. And it's a cool plot point. It's super relevant for the entire series it is a really good way to use the rules that you have already established to power up a character in a very short period of time. And everything about it, I like. It just takes a really unfortunate and bad episode to get there. Yeah. And we're going to go into episode 54, The Summoning Jutsu, Wisdom of the Toad Sage. Um, and we have a, a couple of really... Um, uh, there's a couple of really sweet things that happen in this episode, um, and they happen pretty quickly. Yes. So, um, there's basically episode part one and episode part two, so you're going to get two different stories yeah. for this episode, and this is the good episode that we are watching today. There's actually three, uh, three parts oh. of this episode. All right, well, so fill the me first in, man. One, <laughs> so the first part of this episode, um, we are going to have uh, where Dosu, we are seeing... Um, Ooh, side is, note, there's a new intro, and I don't remember them using this intro in the American version, but it's a new intro, so take a drink. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, um, Dosu is going to go out and try to fight Gara. The reasoning why I'm not still 100% sure of, he says it's because he wants to, like, fight somebody else or, like, knock off his opponents. He says and, like, he wants to take he him out before the—he doesn't want to fight him in the competition, he wants to take him out beforehand— it's not super logical. Like, if you're concerned yes. about fighting him, why would you approach him when there's no rules? That's uh, fucking exactly what I was getting at. Because, yeah. like, I I don't believe him when he says the reason he wants to fight him. Yeah. Um, so I, I Dosu's sort of extremely that confident just... that he can win, so it doesn't make sense why he feels like he has to do it here. Yeah, it kind of just, like, it makes more sense if he, he was saying, yeah, I want to do this because I want to impress Orochimaru. And yeah. prove that I'm like worth it. That makes sense. The reason me. that we want that he's actually doing this is that the author had no fucking intention of keeping this character around, and we need to kill him off. So, yeah. and so we are going to see him get murdered so fast. Yeah. So he is trying to attack Gara. Gara is sitting on top of like this big, weirdly shaped rock with like a whole bunch of these like little bells on the top, at the bottom of it. it I think it's. See... Isn't it? Wasn't he sitting on a rooftop? I thought. No, it is like a weird, like, rock sculpture Like a thing. shrine rock or something. Yeah. And what he says is he's like, you can't get me... My, let's see, who's faster, my sand or your... Uh, sorry, my sound or your sand. And then Gara looks off at the moon, and he's like... He's like, when the moon is full, he gets very bloodthirsty. And then you see, like, the shadow of whatever Gara is sitting on top of turn into like a bunch of like it looks like tentacles um just like in the shadow and then you see like the ground start ripping up around dosu and then dosu being like oh fuck and then he's just dead yeah and like, it happens <laughs> really fast and it it's done really well like this is a great yeah. sequence yeah um the other the next thing that's going to happen is all about uh this one character who coughs a lot, and we're just like, uh, he's not very interesting. Yeah, um, Hayate Gecko. I hate that I know his full name. 
Yeah. So, uh, so Gecko is listening to, um, uh, he is listening to one of the leaders of yeah, the Yeah, he's listening to Kabuto and then Clothface. Yeah, Clothface is uh <laughs> he's like a higher up inside of like the inside of uh he's um, the he's ninja posing tribe of the sand. So he's posing as well, I don't know, he might actually be. So he he either is or is posing as basically the Kakashi to Gara's squad. Um, the same way that Naruto is trained by Kakashi, this dude is apparently training Gara. Um, I don't know. I'm sure they say his name at some point in the series, but they sure don't say it in these episodes. So he's got he's got some cloth covering most of his face. He shall henceforth be known as Cloth Face. Yeah. So um, Kakashi. Uh, so uh, sorry, Gecko. In he hears about all of this, and then Kabuto is like, uh, "And by the way, I'll go ahead and take care of our little listener." Um, and Clothface is like, no, that's fine. Let me prove to Orochimaru that I can stand up to this. And he's like, uh, so I'm going to take care of our spy. It's just one spy. Gecko's like, oh shit, they're talking about me. And then he like tries to escape. And then there's like a pretty dope fight scene. That's like really just two moves. Um, yeah, where, it's quick, but it's where, cool. Yeah. So Gecko has a sweet fighting maneuver where he like, manifests like two copies of himself in mid move and then disappears his third part of himself. So it made me straight think up into the exactly sky. Exactly of that dude from Hunter X Hunter that we just yeah. covered. Whose name yeah. I've forgotten. The guy with the tiger technique. Y'all remember. Yeah. He's he's gone now. Um anyways <laughs> He so, died too. Uh, yeah, so Gecko is gonna come down with like a uh, like a slash onto this guy. It goes into his shoulder just a little bit. Um, and he's like, you might be skilled with a regular sword, but how can you stop a wind sword? And then there's like a, a cool thing where he like uses a wind ability. It's like, I don't, I can't really tell what happens other than it's Gecko cool. He cuts him up with the murdered. wind and Gecko's yeah. dead. It's, yeah. it is basic techniques because this is not a major fight and these are not major characters, but for being basic techniques, they're pretty sweet. I enjoyed it. Um, so we're going to go find out what Jiraiya and Naruto are up to. Essentially, Naruto has been talking to Jiraiya about how he feels like his chakra sometimes is like blue, when, which is when he feels like it's the same as other people's, but sometimes he feels like it's different than other people's and like it's a different chakra, and he thinks that that chakra is colored red. And so Jiraiya's like, why don't you try and build up your red chakra? And Naruto tries for a little while, he has a he has a battle royale with himself, which is sort of cute, but mostly a waste of time. Um, and essentially the the point is that if Naruto, the theory is that if Naruto can deplete his chakra, then the red chakra reserves will kick in and he'll be able to access it that way. Um, ultimately, Jiraiya determines that excitement and danger are the ways to bring out red chakra, which is going to be super relevant in one to two episodes from now. Not Not our episodes in-universe episodes. One episode for us. Um, so Jiraiya essentially deduces that Naruto, he basically, he doesn't exhaust because he has this unnatural stamina, which we all know is because he has the demon fox inside of him, and that's what the red chakra is. So Jiraiya more or less contradicts what Ebisu was teaching him about controlling chakra, and so he's like, what you should learn is how to build up your chakra and essentially take advantage of how much you have rather than spend all of your time learning to control what you've got right now, um, which I think is a pretty good strategy, you know, sort of a different strokes for different folks type of training. And it, honestly, I completely buy that this is a better training option for Naruto than what Ebisu had him doing. Yeah. So, And then the, the next thing that you're going to find out is that... Um, uh, Jiraiya, as a uh, frog sage, he's like he's he's telling Naruto like the best way that you can you can get into being like a really elite ninja is to uh, form a blood pact um, with um, something that you can summon, and he decides that he wants to do this with a frog for Naruto because yeah. that's all he really has. Well, um, um, <laughs> when Jiraiya introduces himself at the like back to one to three, one to two episodes from here, 
Jiraiya introduces himself as the Toad Mountain Sage. And what we'll discover is that Toad Mountain's a literal place, and it is crawling with basically ninja frogs. Um, it, mm. it turns out, and we've seen a little bit of this in the Naruto universe before, Kakashi has a contract with some ninja dogs, and at least one of them is sentient to the point of being able to converse. And uh, we'll find out that there are frogs here. So this is a this is sort of something that's true in the Naruto universe, but only comes out when it's narratively convenient, which is that there are sentient animals that live periodically around the universe, and they will make blood pacts with the ninjas of the world. And so uh, if you do that, you can do something called a summoning jutsu, which is essentially a temporal displacement where you channel your... You, you have to, like bite your finger or in some other way draw blood and then you make the summoning jutsu signs you channel a whole lot of chakra um, and then if you did it right you will summon something that you've made a contract with um, it's pretty cool it's one of the cooler techniques i think in naruto and it's not used as much as i'd like it to be going forward but it's pretty cool for the time being and we'll see it used several times to good extent later yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a blood pact with some frogs. Yeah. And that's really going to be the end of the episode other than Gecko being found dead. Uh, but we already talked about that. Right. Um, we, we and, now know some shit's up because this guy's been murdered, but we don't know what, cause he's been murdered. So yeah. Anyways, um, um, and that's it. And we'll have one more of these where the tournament isn't going again. Um, and I think it'll be a little bit more interesting and then we'll finally get back into some action. Sweet. So stick with us and we will talk about next week. Yep. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level five sound wizard. Our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at B and S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're back with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's Lisa Lisa. Lisa needs braces. It's Lisa Lisa. You get it? It's like the Simpsons episode where he's talking about a <laughs> dental plan. <laughs> That, what is that sound you made? I don't know. I can't. Re- I cannot replicate. <laughs> <laughs>